Welcome to TMI, a podcast by Henry Ford Allegiance Health. And today, it's a hot day in the studio. Summer outside. Tim's on the couch here. For now, summer's For outside. Now. Yeah, but the fall is coming up so quickly. And my little guy, Willie, he's getting ready to go into kindergarten. So, oh, man. That's exciting. Yeah. So we're getting him like into the doctor, getting all his tests, making sure he's got all his shots, his booster shots and everything. Um, so... This is the time of season where we're thinking about that kind of stuff. So what 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 do you think about Tim? Uh, well, I mean, flu vaccines obviously, and mm-hmm. then we've had you know now I know they're in the news lately has been the getting boosters for COVID as well. Right. So that's been kind of an important thing as we move indoors for the fall. So that's kind of been in my mind, and that's kind of why we have our, our guest here today. It kind of triggered my thoughts in my head is, mm-hmm. you know, with with COVID nineteen and all those pieces, um, you know, how, what what other effects has it had? besides obviously getting sick with COVID. Um, and so I was thinking about health screenings and yeah. I've heard anecdotally people delaying things. But anyway, we'll get to that in a second. But I do want to introduce our guest today. Sorry, Dave. Um, Dr. David Coldy, MD. He's a primary care physician here at Henry Ford Allegiance. Uh, he's also the medical director for primary health for Henry Ford Allegiance Medical Group. So welcome, Dr. Coldy. Thanks. Thanks for having me. So I kind of mentioned to Dave, I, there's a lot of things that COVID-19 has affected in terms of healthcare, not just obviously getting sick. Um, and I, I've heard, you know, anecdotally, people just kind of sharing stories that, you know, getting health screenings has been one of those pieces. And I kind of want to try and unpack that with you today. I guess, have you, have you heard that or seen that yourself? Sure. Um, you know, in the beginning when COVID hit, a lot of screening opportunities were just shut down. Um, we had, you know, such a, an unknown on, you know, how, how do you get COVID you know, how's it transmitted, that kind of thing. The, that the screening opportunities we had for colon cancer screening, mammography, things like that. A lot of places had significant reduction in service. So just that alone, um, cut down the number of screenings and then people were afraid. Um, they were afraid that if I go to a healthcare facility, I'm going to catch it because that's where all the sick people are. Um, so there was there was just a lot of people that just screening was not on the radar. They hunkered down at home. And so I have no doubt that when they do the studies, the epidemiologic studies on this, that we'll see rises in cancers that could mm-hmm. have been detected earlier. Um, anecdotally, you know, I've got colleagues, I've got stories of people that delayed breast cancer screening or colonoscopy screening that, you know, have a little more advanced, uh, disease than they would have had had they caught it, you know, two years ago. Um, and now everybody's trying to catch up with screening, or at least the physicians are trying to get their patients to catch up. So we have capacity, um, issues in how many people can actually get screened. You know, even here locally in Jackson, we have a limited number of, of spots. Yeah. So with, I want to take a step back here. You know, you mentioned the mammographies and, and I think colonoscopies. I think those are some of the bigger ones that people always think of. But mm-hmm. can we kind of define what, you know, preventive screenings are? There's probably more than that that we don't really realize is important to be tracking yeah. or, or looking for. Yeah. So, you know, at the beginning, you mentioned your, your kiddo is going to go into kindergarten. So um, that age, it's really important vision screen, mm-hmm. um, you know, to make sure that they they see OK and that they don't need to get glasses to correct vision. Um, so that's a really key age to do that. Um, 
every age, you know, there's really something that we're looking for as far as developmental milestone or things like that. Um, blood pressure is always something that we're looking at screening because a lot of people have high blood pressure, don't feel it. And the comorbidity or the, the illnesses that can be associated with that, mm. um, you know, will sneak up on you and you don't know that you have high blood pressure until you've had your heart attack or your mm. stroke. Um, and these are things that really we can prevent. So, um, certain metabolic diseases like diabetes, um, cervical cancer screening, of course, is another one. Um, but we look at weight, blood pressure. We talk to people just, you know, for elderly, it's like you get a sense of, are they still with it? Or is, you know, yeah. mom and dad starting to kind of lose a step in their memory, things like that. So screenings necessarily aren't, aren't always physical exams to, to some extent. To some extent. But most of the time there is some sort of testing involved um, that's been shown hopefully to be a benefit if we catch something early that we can have an impact. Okay. That's great. So we go to our family doctor pretty regularly. Mm -hmm. Is that a place that they kind of do these screenings while we go in or is this kind of separate or can we request that yes. be done? Yeah, you know, the the primary care doctor's office is probably the best place to go. Um, there are a number of other places that might offer services. You will get people trying to sell you lots of things. <laughs> um, but in your office, in your primary care doctor's office, they should be offering you things that are of proven benefit to you, mm. that are cost effective, that aren't going to be mm. wasting your hard-earned money. Okay. And then I think you kind of alluded to it a little bit earlier, but just to kind of solidify, like the point of screenings, is it to prevent, is it, I think partially to prevent, but also to detect, right? Correct. Best case scenario, we prevent something, right? So the the classic example, the, one of the, the quintessential best screening tests is the pap smear. It's been around for a long time. With the pap smear, you can detect pre-cervical cancer which then will allow you to follow it more closely so that that woman will never develop cervical cancer, right? Because we can treat things as in the precancerous stage. Um, colonoscopy would be a similar thing. You know, mm -hmm. you go in and you get a, an adenoma plucked out, which is a type of polyp that has a tendency to turn into a cancer if you let it go. Um, and I, I can tell you my own personal story. When I had turned 50, I got... Um, my screening colonoscopy like I should, as I tell everyone to do. And lo and behold, I had polyps. Um, and thank goodness I went in at 50 because my polyps were already cancerous. Oh, wow. So I had to have surgery and, and uh, to have it removed. And I'm glad I did. Otherwise, you know, three or four years, if I would have waited till I had symptoms, hmm. probably would have been a much different scenario. Yeah. So that was the definitely detection, but also, again, prevention. Prevention. Too. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Hmm. Um, with, with some of those, I know screenings, how, how invasive, I guess, can you kind of talk about some of the different screenings or I think there's some people that may be nervous, like with, sure. you know, going to get a colonoscopy versus getting your blood pressure tested. That's not mm -hmm. too bad with mm -hmm. a, a cuff on your arm. Right. Simplest thing is we weigh you, you stand on a scale, right? I mean, that's, that's pretty easy. Blood pressure, something wraps around your arm, you feel a squeeze, get to feel your own heart rate, um, so those are really non-invasive type tests. And then we start doing blood tests, you know, where you, you need a blood sample, obviously, um, to the more invasive things like a colonoscopy. But there's, 
new technology um, that's come out, you know, over time so that we can detect some colon cancer or at least abnormalities um, via a stool sample. Mm-hmm. You know, you, you've yep. heard and seen the commercials, Cologuard, right? So we, we offer that test as well. Um, and it's appropriate <clears throat> for certain people, not everybody. Um, so there's, there's different ways to test for different things. Mammography's come a long way. Um, you know, as guys, we don't <laughs> necessarily have to have that test, right? Yep. Although I have had in my career three men with breast cancer, and they had the, you know, the experience of getting a mammog- uh, mammogram. But mammography has come a long way from what I'm told, that it's more bearable than it used to be. Yeah, I heard, I, anecdotally, I heard from some people it used to be a lot more painful. Yes, where it's not so much anymore. Yeah, it's but better. Again, I don't know personally, <laughs> right. just from, from what I've heard uh, stories. Yep. So what I guess kind of are the, can you talk about like the basic screenings that, you know, as adults or maybe some of the basic age screenings that we should be getting? Sure. So, you know, I'd start off with uh, infants and children. You know, you're looking for developmental milestones. You know, can the kiddo um, grasp onto a rattle? Um, you know, can they roll over? When can they sit up and, you know, support themselves? When are they walking? When are they starting to talk? Okay. These are the things that, you know, it's really important for your um, well child checks, you know, that are at three month intervals, um, or excuse me, two month intervals, two, four, six months, then nine months, then 12 months, then 15 months, then two years, and then one year after that every year. Um, so to make sure that your child is growing, feeding appropriately, um, and, and not missing anything. Um, okay. it's also, so the opportunity, you know, it gives us to make sure that we get them immunized with their primary, immu- primary immunization series, um, which has really been shown to benefit. Um, then you get into the teenagers and, you know, you have a little different, um, animal there and that, uh, you know, they're, they're not as talkative usually a lot of times they'll be quiet. And so, uh, you know, you observe a lot, um, you get some history from mom and dad, you know, you start to inquire about drug exposure and, um, depression and, you know, identity issues and, um, those types of things. And we've got tools, surveys that they can take that help us identify those things that we then can impact. Um, hopefully through different therapies or counseling um, to make a difference, to improve their life. Then you get to the young adults and it's about safety, really. Um, You know, if you've made it through your teen years, um, then we start to really worry about drinking and driving and and those kinds of safety things, risk-taking activities, um, sexually transmitted diseases, et cetera. Again, depression, anxiety has been increased since COVID, um, particularly in the younger age groups. So that's something that we look at. Um, All the while, we're checking your blood pressure and your weight every time you come in um, to make sure that you're tall enough for your weight, I should say. Um, And then then you start getting into the the 30-year-olds, 40-year-olds, where people maybe start developing some chronic disease, high blood pressure, or they've been maybe carrying a little more weight than they ought to. And so they're starting to have a little bit of insulin resistance um, and developing type 2 diabetes. Um, So we we do check some screenings for blood sugar, kidney function, cholesterol, 
um, to make okay. sure that, you know, if you've got a family history that's significant for cholesterol, we're not going to wait till you've had your first heart attack to kind of say, oh, maybe you should be on cholesterol medicine. Right? Yeah. We want to try to, again, intervene at a much earlier stage uh, so that we can avoid, you know, some of the bad things that happen, which most people would be appreciative, you know, if we can prevent mom, dad, brother, sister from having a stroke, a heart attack, that kind of thing. Yeah, kind of bring up the family part of it. Mm-hmm. Sorry, a little off topic, but screenings, um, I guess family history plays a role, I think, with some of it these screenings. Absolutely can play a big role in, in screenings. Um, for people that have certain cancers that run in the family, we want to screen them at an earlier age. Um, if you have people that have certain disease processes, you know, culturally too, you know, if we, we all learn things from our parents. And so um, if type two diabetes is in mom and dad um, and they're heavy, there's a good chance that you've learned how to eat from mom and dad. And so that you may also be a little bit heavier, which, you know, kind of predisposes you then to maybe getting type two diabetes mm-hmm. may not be a genetic thing, but just your, your own day-to-day behavioral, behavioral, behavioral piece. Yeah. Of that, which I, I, I completely understand. Um, and I guess the good thing is education too, you know, mm-hmm. knowing about it. Yeah. I know my grandparents were actually diabetic. My mom mm-hmm. is pre-diabetic but because I'm aware of all of that. Mm-hmm. I'm actually trying to work on preventing that or, you know, watching sure. what I'm eating. And I understand that now. And there are some ethnic groups that are more predisposed to things like diabetes as well. So yeah, um, that's another thing for us to be considering. Okay. And I kind of took us off track. So you were in, you know, when we're age 30 or 40. Yeah. Okay. So sorry. then you, um, you know, the pap smears start in the twenties as as well. 21. Um, we are testing for different cancers, uh, sometimes breast cancer early, depending on the family history. Mm. And so that's where you really start to see more, um, intentional screening and questionnaires regarding family history for certain groups, high risk groups. Um, you know, by 35, everybody should know their cholesterol for sure. Um, and, uh, you know, their blood sugar, their blood pressure, their weight, those kinds of things. Um, used to be 40, you know, every guy would dread when they turned 40 yeah. to go into the doctor. Um, things have evolved. We, we don't have to dread that anymore. Um, you know, the idea of the physical exam, the yearly physical is mostly a traditional thing. Um, you know, the, the things that are important when you go into your doctor is you, you tell them your story. They should be asking you questions that then direct the testing that you do if there's any other testing besides our basic screening. Um, you get a lot of patients that come in and they want, well, can you do a blood test that tells me everything? <laughs> <laughs> and while we're not there yet, um, there is technology being developed, and Henry Ford's going to be participating in this, actually. Um, and it is a cancer test. Um, okay. I will say that it's a gallery test, and it's going to test for something like potentially 50 different types of cancer. Um, it's not perfected. We're going to help validate it. Um, but it is something that that technology is coming. So Wow. Hmm. Okay. And then you mentioned as you get older, I guess I know there's other screenings. Um, and in particular, I've helped to, at least for the health system, working mm-hmm. with like arterial and vascular screenings. But there's a certain age to get them. You don't want to get them too soon. 
And then I know, I, I think my understanding is you don't have to, you don't do them as often either. I mean, is there time periods like blood pressures every year? Mm-hmm. You know, there's some screenings that you would get every five years or more often, less often. Yeah. So the, the classic examples for, for the different cadences would be a pap smear. You know, they can be every three or five years, depending on the type of pap smear and the age that you do, mm-hmm. you know, whether there's a, what's called a co-test with it or not. Um, mammography, you know, Henry Ford has, uh, their policy is every year, uh, after a certain age, starting at age 40, you get your, your baseline. Okay. Um, things like cholesterol. Um, if your cholesterol is good and your numbers are fine, uh, and you've not changed your diet significantly, your weight, you know, hasn't changed drastically, you don't need to check that every year. That can really be every three to five years. Um, things like a PSA, you know, the U.S. Preventive Services Task Force is um, it's an organization that we use in primary care that is a gives us a big list of recommendations for all the different types of screening based on all the available literature. And so things like PSA, we would say from the U.S. Preventive Service Task Force, it's age 55 to 70. Um, there are different specialty groups that would have a little different um, age range on mm-hmm. that. But in general, um, you know, primary care will use the U.S. Preventive Services Task Force because it, it tends to have maybe a little less bias towards a particular specialty, one or the other. Um, but, you know, it's, it's based on data and um, it's, it's not just family docs that sat around a table and did it. It's a bunch of experts in the field that went around and, and did this. So that's one tool we'll use um, to, to choose. The other things, things like lung cancer screening um, is, is yeah. a big one now, too. Um, that's been promising. Um, currently, it's 50 uh, to 80, and you have to have a certain smoking history. Um, they're going to be lowering the age to 45. Um, and Henry Ford is maybe even going to to change some of the smoking requirements because that's notoriously inaccurate when okay. you ask somebody, so how long have you smoked? How much have you smoked? You know, depending just, on their memory. <laughs> yeah, people just kind of guess. <laughs> yeah. um, colon cancer screening, you know, that's one where it's been age 50 for a long time, unless you had a family history, which would start maybe at 10 years previous to the diagnosis of a first degree relative. So if, if your mom had colon cancer that yep. was discovered at age 53, you would have gotten yours starting at age 43. So my poor kids are going <laughs> to have to start at 40 because yeah. I got my cancer at 50. Yeah. Um, so they already are starting to give me grief about that. Um and outside of that, you know, then you start talking about mental status evaluations and, and stuff like that. For the most part, it's conversational stuff yeah. that you'll you'll pick up that might lead you to, hey, you know, let's do this little mental status test. And there's a number of validated things. Um, one big one I forgot is depression screening. You know, that's something that we really start doing at age 12. Um Okay. Uh, and, and that's kind of an important one. And I imagine probably with, with a, some of these baseline ones that you can do, your family doctor would do. Yep. It's important can to have all. somebody they have their relationship with so you can kind of keep an eye throughout yeah. the years. Yeah. Because we, 
you know, the medical record now is nice that it's electronic. In some ways, it's easier to keep things organized. Yeah. Um, and, and so it also prompts you. You know, as a, as a physician, you can click on somebody's health maintenance record or um, another screen that will say so-and-so is due for X, you know, screening um, so that you don't always have to go back in your head and think, okay, this person's, you know, 42 and they're a guy and, you know, X, Y, and Z. It just kind of helps you. So that's really been a big help. Um, and, and then we are able to keep nice, neat track of what tests have been done, where they've been done, the results, et cetera. Okay. Hmm. You know, there's, you can start some of these going to your primary care. Does it, I think people probably wonder too sometimes is, you know, with insurance, does it have to, would it, for some of the larger things like a colonoscopy, would mm -hmm. they have to be referrals or can you just say, I want a colonoscopy, I should, you know, get hold of that doctor, a gastroenterologist or. So in a perfect world, people would know what they need and do it that way. But, <laughs> you know, there are a lot of people that would, maybe they're a little anxious or nervous and they would get a colonoscopy or want to get one every year. Yeah. Totally unnecessary, right? So, um, yes, to keep the chaos down, um, I think it is best done through, you know, your primary care doc so that they kind of make sure that you're getting the right screening at the right cadence. Um, most insurances will require some sort of um, primary care doctor to have those results sent back to. Okay. Because if, if you're a private citizen and you just say, you know what, I think I want to go have a colonoscopy. And the GI doctor does the scope and says, okay, here you go. Here's your report. Good luck. What are you going to do with <laughs> it? What are you going to do with that, right? Yep. I mean, what are you going to mm -hmm. do with the fact that, oh, I've got, you know, I had two tubular adenomas. What is that, right? Yep. So, so you need to have somebody on the other end helping you to interpret it. Um, Henry Ford does have, you know, some unique things in that as a female, you know, mammography is something that is a um, well-established screening tool. And so you actually don't need the doctor to order it. You can actually self-order hmm. your mammogram. They will check and make sure that you haven't had one yesterday. Yeah. Um, but you you don't need to wait for your doctor to order it. Um, you know, if you know that, hey, I had mine last August, I should go get one. You can call, make your appointment. Um, so that's nice. You do, you should have your primary care doctor though, still, because they need to send those results to someone. Um, otherwise, that's a problem. Yeah. So. Great. Yeah. Um, that's a lot. That's a lot of screenings. Yeah. Uh, uh, but yeah, it's just something you need to do every so often. Yeah, and I think I think the important part for me, you mentioned, you know, you're used to the typical annual exam, mm -hmm. you know, and it's, how's mm -hmm. I going to phrase this here? Um, cause I haven't gone in a while. This is putting this out there. I haven't, I haven't had an annual wellness check. You're perfect. Mm. This is how I would approach a person like you. <laughs> okay. That's what I was <laughs> okay. wondering because I, I, you know, I went, it's been several years. My, my yeah, primary um, care doctor, he retired. That's okay. why. And then there was a pandemic in between. Mm -hmm. So it's been several years since I've had like an annual yeah. exam or, or a well check, I guess. So, so you're, you're somebody that I would deal with quite often. And my ask would be, do you own an automobile? Yes. Okay. How often do you change the oil? Every 3,000 miles. Why? So it runs well. There you go. So <laughs> I tell people you should treat yourself at least as well as your car. 
Um, it's preventive maintenance, right? You don't want to have your car have 100,000 miles on it, never having changed the oil, be in the middle of nowhere, and then just stops running, yep. right? So in the same vein, you know, if we can keep you running better by keeping your cholesterol good and your fuel, you know, you'll fuel pump your heart um, <laughs> doing well, you're, you're not going to be out in the middle of nowhere maybe and just drop dead. So my so wife would appreciate that. That is, <laughs> that is the analogy that I will often use for, for guys tend to be yeah. a little bit more hesitant to come in uh, to the docks, but yeah, mm -hmm. it just hasn't been top of mind. Yeah. I and I think that's kind of where things have been probably for people lately is because of the pandemic. Mm -hmm. These screenings or getting your checkups just haven't been top of mind. Yeah, and I think that's important for us to talk about. I mean, that's why this topic's so important to talk about is because it breaks down that barrier for people to just go in. Don't be scared that you're going to have to do all these tests or go through all these things. You just walk through and trust that the person guiding you is able to just, you know, tell you what, what you can, what to do. Yeah, there's been, you know, with the pandemic has come um, – a lot of polarization and, mm -hmm. and trust or mistrust mm -hmm. uh, with the medical establishment. Um, you know, the vaccine itself for COVID has certainly not been 100% well-received, I, sh I will say. Um, you know, and there's been, to some degree, an attack on science. So a, a number um, of my colleagues and I, you know, we in, in primary care, we kind of have to deal with that. Um, you know, a lot of misinformation out there on what's effective, what's not effective, you know, from a screening standpoint too. Yeah. what, what should you get done? What shouldn't you get done? Why is it important? Um, so that's why I, again, it, it highlights the need to go to your primary care doc, um, and have that established relationship. Um, I do send patients to, um, you know, I, I certain websites, um, us preventive services, Taskforce.org is a good one for screening. Okay. Um, you can plug yourself in there and it'll kind of tell you what you should have done. Um, and it, it's based on evidence, different levels of evidence as well. Um, so that's helpful. Um, you know, immunizations would also be considered a preventive measure. Hmm. Um, so like my we, flu shot that I need to get soon here. Yeah. There you go. Mm -hmm. So, and we'll we'll include that website that you mentioned mm -hmm. um, on some of our show notes, so people can kind of check that out too and see what great. screenings they can they should be having at certain ages. So that's mm -hmm. great. Thank you. Awesome. And I do want to say thank you, Doctor Coldy, for coming on and, and talking with us about screenings. It is an important topic. I know you don't want to delay. I know you said we're trying to get caught up, yeah, a little bit, but we still don't want people to delay their screenings either. Right. Mm -hmm. No, it's been my pleasure. I mean, this is a important topic and clearly it's near and dear to my heart. So thank you. Thank you. And if you want to listen to more of these podcasts, you can go on our website, henryford.com slash podcast and find all the episodes we've done before on a variety of topics. And um, we plan to do more of these. So um, check back often. And um, they're also on iTunes and Spotify and a bunch of different places where you can find podcasts. Stay healthy.